0: Welcome to episode 45 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. We are glad to be back after taking a week off from our series. This week, we talk with former Eastern Illinois tennis player Merritt Whitley. Whitley talks about her time playing tennis for the Panthers, her love of music, her foray into the music business, and what she's currently doing professionally living in Kansas City. If you like this episode of EIU Panthers podcast, and want to hear previous episodes, then be sure to like us wherever you get your weekly podcast by searching EIU Panthers Podcasts. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. To learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business, then visit consolidated.com. In EIU Athletics news this week, Adam Swanson from EIU Track and Field competes at the NCAA National Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Trey Sweeney from EIU Baseball has landed on the finalists list for the Brooks Wallace Award as well as being named a semifinalist for the Dick Hauser Award and Golden Spikes Award. To stay up to date on the latest on EIU Athletics, be sure to visit us online at eiupanthers.com the official athletics website where you can find schedules stats rosters and much more also follow us on twitter at eiu underscore panthers now to this week's episode of eiu panthers podcast with former women's tennis player merritt whitley and welcome to another edition of eiu panthers podcast we're joined today by an eiu former eiu women's tennis player merritt whitley and Merritt has had a um still very young in her professional career, but has had a couple different professions and we'll, we'll go through those today. But first, thanks for joining us on the podcast, Merit.
1: Thank you so much, Rich. It's awesome to be back. Um, EIU will always hold a special place in my heart. So it's great to re- stay
0: connected. Now, I know where you're at right now. I, I asked you if you're in Kansas City now and for people that may have followed Merit and the last time they, they remembered Merit, they may be like, well, that's not, not a whole lot of music. In, In Kansas City and we're gonna talk music and um, Merritt was a may still be a buddy musician I know sometimes those things happen late Mm. in life but um, (laughs) in Kansas City now for a professional thing but Kansas City is kind of home for you so that's not strange for you to be back in that part of the country
1: and not at all. I after EIU, I returned back to Kansas City, um, and just yeah, you know, it's a tough time once you graduate. You know, you're kind of told expect the unexpected, and then once you're kind of thrown into reality in the real world, you just kind of go through a roller coaster, figuring out you know what do I want to do, um, and sometimes what you're passionate about isn't always what makes you know. Uh, Pays the bills. Yes. (laughs) And so I've got a teenage
0: son that we're having that conversation with right now about what you're passionate about any money.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. There's so many tough decisions, but one of the easiest decisions was coming back to Kansas City and I've actually been down kind of in like the River Market area, which is just really rich um, with like a lot of just ethnic food and markets and just art. And honestly, there is a lot of like music here too. So it's been a really great fit. Um, I absolutely love downtown Kansas City. So shout out and recommend it to anybody. It's a little hidden
0: gem. Now what you're doing there, the, the company you're with now, and you may have been in a couple places getting to that, but it's I hope I'm saying it. a home for mom or a place for mom. I don't know, but I make sure I have the right title because there may be a competitor and I don't want to send people to the <laughs> wrong one. Exactly,
1: yes. Appreciate you double checking on that, but I currently work for a company called A Place for Mom. Um, I actually started there literally right before the pandemic. Um, I had worked at a nonprofit Um, And kind of manage like the marketing department for about four years um, and then got this really amazing opportunity decided to take it. I was in the office maybe for around three weeks before everything, you know, in the world shut down and um, I work on a content team so we basically research write a lot of educational articles for families essentially a place for mom really specializes in like senior living and working with families to try and educate them and also help them find the best fit for you know their loved one would they be better in like a memory care community assisted living you know it can get really convoluted and complicated so to have a free service and someone to kind of talk to you personally just can make a really huge difference uh, because it is a life-changing decision Um, But as I kind of had mentioned to you previously, so I'm kind of shifting in my role now from a content team focus to more of like a creative role, um, which has been really fun because I've been able to start working on kind of scripts for videos and um, I'm just going to be able to kind of, I think, work on a lot of different other creative type of projects um, that are going to be more visual rather than just kind of editorial
0: and i got to imagine you you talk about markets that will kind of always be there and not to compare the two but and this is going to sound morbid the way i'm going to say phrase this is you know that you're always going to have funeral homes you're also also always going to have services for older folks because people are going to naturally get older and i i can imagine that the baby boomer generation is now becoming mm-hmm. the probably the, the primary clients for you guys
1: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, statistics will even show you, you know, a lot of people, you know, may think, you know, they feel healthy now and whatnot, but unfortunately, yeah, aging can have a different toll on every individual person. And, you know, what you may feel now is not always going to be the case in the future. So just preparing, knowing your options, you know, is always just so important to just be prepared for anything.
0: Now, one of the things you you guys probably Talk a little bit about with them is trying to have that active, healthy lifestyle, and being part of that is is athletics and sports. And that's one of the reasons we always yeah. focus with people. You being a former tennis player, I guess you're retired from playing collegiately, but I'm guessing do you do you still kind of play recreationally, or is it one of those things when you were done, you were done?
1: <laughs> no, that's a great question. A lot of people ask me that. For me personally, I picked up a tennis racket when I was four years old, and I played competitively since elementary school so for me my journey was competitive my entire life and you know obviously i loved every moment playing at eiu i would never trade that experience for the entire world if i'm being completely honest Um, but after college i was pretty much i came to the decision that you know competitively it just wasn't in the cards for me but every now and then i absolutely love getting back out there just you know hitting and it just, it, it's yeah, living an active lifestyle is something I've definitely have continued to try and incorporate into kind of my day-to-day life. Um, but yeah, every now and then definitely, I'm, I'm rusty <laughs> now, but <laughs> don't have my college game anymore. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> now, when you, when you talk about that, Every sports team is very close knit. You have some some friendships. Tennis seems to be a since it's a smaller team sport to start with. I want to say that when you were here, your team probably was maybe ten or eleven girls or or young ladies at the time. So a lot easier to maybe keep those close friendships. Are there are there still a lot of those that that you have going and, and kind of keep in constant contact with?
1: I definitely have maintained a few very close friendships with individuals from the team and college, you know you go through that like life changing experience and just to have that like special bond and to be able to just carry that you know throughout throughout the rest of your you know adult life and forward is just really special so. One of the girls, um, Sephora, actually, a few years ago, I actually went and flew to Europe because um, she's from Belgium. Okay. And so she took me to like Paris and we just went to just a bunch of different places. And so her in particular is just a relationship that, um, yeah, she's like, you know, flown and visited me in Kansas yep. City. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's fun. Your college relationships and friendships are just, yeah, they're just once, once in a lifetime.
0: And I would say that probably in, in tennis maybe more so than some other sports there seems to be a lot of international flair in the game and I, the, even eastern in the middle of central Illinois ha, had international players yes. so you got those those unique experiences as well.
1: Very much yeah I I'm trying to remember you know how many people came from other countries but it was it was a lot more than you know you would maybe think would be at eastern Illinois. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of culture, just a lot of different personalities and people and so much talent. Um, I mean, we did a lot of great things you know, at my time there. And yeah, it was just fun to meet so many people from all over the world, um, just in Charleston.
0: Now, the other thing in tennis is, is it's, it's a team sport, but it's also an individual sport and, it, and you get what can be success for you ends up ultimately being successful team. I know when you, when you played you, a lot of times you were in the middle to the middle part of the order, never really the number one player, but you don't need to be the number one player to be an important cog. I mean, I guess how important was that? And maybe what items or I don't even, mean, I'm struggling for the right word here The <laughs> the right components from that concept of, of being a, a team player have helped you like now professionally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right at the heart of it. At the end of of the day, you know, growing up, tennis is like a one one man sport. You're out there kind of alone, but then coming to college, being able to know that regardless of where your spot is in the lineup, like you hold just as much of a significant part as any of the other spots, because, you know, that's one point, a point is a point. Um, And I, you know, I started at, I think around, the fifth spot and I worked really hard and I never made it to number one, but I was a solid two (laughs) for about a year or two. Um, And I did play one dubs. I pretty much my entire time there, actually. I always loved doubles because it was so team oriented and it was really just so fun to be able to be with, you know, someone else on the court kind of to help pick you up. And absolutely it's affected, you know, me just in general with work moving forward and in life, I, think when we, you know, work with other people, we collaborate, we can just, it just raises the bar. You can do so much more when you're working with someone else than just trying to think you can do everything, you know, by yourself. But it's also a really cool challenge too, though. Like, that's why I did like tennis, because it challenged you mentally and physically entirely when you were on the singles court, just, you know, trying to get through a match on your own.
0: I guess maybe talk a little bit about that, because I know there are players that are successful in singles and they're not successful in doubles, mm. and they and I've seen vice versa as well. What is the what's the mindset that you had to maybe take into that, and did you approach a doubles match different than a singles match? Evidently, you mentioned there you played number one doubles your entire career, so mm. doubles was evidently something that suited your game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always worked really well with other people and. Um, I think, you know, going into doubles, finding someone who's, you can balance with strength and weakness wise, which is obviously something very important. Um, I was, I always had a really big serve, which was awesome in doubles. So finding, you know, a partner that was really good at the net or could volley and was aggressive there was a winning combination. Um, My backhand was better than my forehand. So finding, you know, a teammate who could kind of balance that strength out, And I always had really good luck with that um, somehow. So I think that definitely contributed to a lot of the success. But there's so much strategy, absolutely, that goes into tennis, whether it is singles and doubles, and you have to kind of come at it differently.
0: Now, the other, I always ask this of, of the former athletes here, is there, and I always kind of put them on the spot. So I always apologize, but I, I, I think this makes you think about it a little bit different because there's always going to be one that comes to mind. Is there sure. like when you get together with, with the other teammates or when you guys you start to talk to each other, is there always kind of a, a story or a memory that, that always comes to the forefront that, that's one that you kind of remember, whether it's for a funny reason or a not funny reason?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I think it's hard to pick kind of just like one match in particular. I think just kind of a bigger picture would really just be like the memorable bus rides or like being at the hotel together or just like warming up and like playing our music before getting each other pumped up before a really big match. Like those are some of my most like cherished memories, just being with our team and supporting each other. And just, I don't know, we just, we're such a little like tight knit family and, that's just, yeah, something I will never forget, especially like warming up at like a big match and just taking the, you know, radio out there and just getting everyone like pumped up and doing kind of like our little cheer before we would go and uh, do our matches.
0: Now, when you were also here, and this is one of the other reasons that we actually did some, some written stories, not podcasts. I don't even know if they had podcasts when you were, when you were an athlete here or else we might've no. done that. Yeah you were kind of a buddy musician we're we're getting into music at the time and i'm I'm not can't remember exactly if you had just signed a contract or you were in the midst of trying to, to to get a contract signed but i i guess so we'll we'll back up if we'll walk through your music career but i guess kind of at an when when did music kind of come to you was it at an early age like tennis at the age of four or is that something a little bit later on
1: it was strangely enough i feel like all at the same time it's funny it's so funny because when I was in kindergarten my mom found this like random note that i had written it was for like some class assignment and it was like what do you want to be when you grow up and it literally wrote a tennis player slash singer okay. and it's so funny because looking back you know now i've kind of been able to live out both of those dreams in a sense in different ways so i've always loved music like i i just feel like I came singing out the womb honestly like it's just and then writing you know I was a journalism major love writing still write all the time to this day so it's just kind of all these different things that I just really liked at an early age I you know kept pursuing and kept trying to grow in different ways so yeah music and tennis honestly from the get-go I just was drawn to
0: yes. so and then I know um I know you do play play musical instruments guitar i know i know for sure do you play other ones or is guitar kind of your your go-to instrument
1: guitar was pretty much my go-to instrument when i was playing a lot you know i did um play kind of with like a band or i had like a band you know that i would go and perform with and i would focus primarily on vocals um you know i yeah had had been doing music pretty intensely i had released like an album back in fall 2015 called wait for me um, and then, you know, life is unexpected sometimes. Just a lot of things happen. You go through a lot of changes, priorities change. And I kind of regrouped, had started you know a new career. And it's kind of actually now I would say after probably four or five years, I'm now adamantly getting more into wanting to perform again, wanting to share some music. And I've actually been in the studio recently I'm um, working on some music that's totally different than anything I've ever done before. So, like before, it was very kind of like pop country, um, very like, I don't know if you could say Carrie Underwood, maybe old school T Swift.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but now it's definitely transitioned um, into kind of more like a pop EDM style sound. And I'm really pumped about it. So, this summer, I will actually be releasing um, some new music and we'll just kind of see, you know, how this journey goes with a new sound and, um, it's, it's exciting though. I'm really pumped about it.
0: So when you, when we talk about the music and I'm trying to recall exactly, did you, did you actually, I think you were trying to go to Nashville when you were still kind of a student athlete here trying to break in that way. Did you, I guess sometimes I hear about the artists, they have, they feel like they got to fully commit and go there. Did did you feel like that you were there or were, did you feel like you had enough other avenues that you didn't need to do that. And the music could would come if it came.
1: Yeah, you know, that's like the interesting, the interesting thing is music is such a different journey and there's so many different ways to share it and kind of be seen by the world um, in a sense. I mean, I did go to Nashville um, several times. I'd recorded there. I did a lot of acoustic shows there. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult in really big cities like that because you know you're kind of like this little fish in a big pond and so with you know social media growing as rapidly as it is now you really don't have to I mean there's just so many other opportunities and ways to be seen essentially especially through social media platforms um and just you know producing good songs and and putting really awesome creative visuals to it um there's just a lot, a lot more you can do in, instead of just you know moving to a really big city and kind of hoping for the for the best there, where it's really competitive. So just finding I guess ways to kind of make yourself stand out, you know, where you feel comfortable or you feel like you're at home. I think is just really ultimately the most important thing. And if that is a big city, that's amazing. Like I would encourage anyone to go to, to go and experience that without a doubt. But it's not you know the the one answers or one type of solution.
0: Now you mentioned you, you would your old music would you describe more like some old or Carrie Underwood, um, old school Taylor Swift. Are those yeah. female artists that you kind of tried to model your music after, or did or is that just how you felt like your sound came out? You
1: know, I absolutely loved those artists. Um, still love Taylor Swift, um, honestly. Um, I think, you know, I did grow up listening to a lot of country and like Christian style music. I also listened to, you know, some like a little bit of everything. I remember like Avril Lavigne was like heavy on my playlist as a kid. And um, I still to this day listen to all different types of music. And I think, yeah, you're absolutely going to be inspired and draw some influence from the artists and music you listen to. Um, so yeah, I definitely have gotten a combination of inspiration from a lot of different artists. I think at that time, you know, my voice was kind of like a little, I don't know, just had this like more of a country kind of tone or twang to it. And I think probably because I listen to so much country and I was like, you know, this is it, this is, you know, my sound, but as I've gotten older, it's definitely changed. And so, um, I've changed in a lot of ways. So my new music is definitely going to reflect that, I think, and be maybe a surprise for some people. Hopefully it's well-received, so.
0: Now you talk about um, the music and the tennis, they both take a lot of dedication, but they're both different, I guess, approaches that you would take to them. So, I mean, did you have you found that you used music maybe as an outlet when you were playing tennis and then maybe even vice versa sometimes?
1: Oh, definitely. I remember, yeah, if I had, you know, really stressful like tournament or a match, music was definitely a way, you know, that I could just kind of sit quietly, unwind, collect my thoughts, reflect, just distract myself even. Um, And then, yeah, absolutely. They both just kind of were different, like hobbies and passions that gave me kind of an outlet in different ways and an escape So, but also, you know, really just bettered me as a person, allowed me to use my creativity, allowed me to use my mind, um, because they're both just, yeah, they're just, I don't know, they're like part, a part of who I am,
0: so. Now, you mentioned that um, you're in Kansas City now, Kansas City's, I've been there a couple times, kind of a hidden gem for people that haven't been there. Is there a, is there kind of a music scene there similar to like a Broadway in Nashville or a Beale Street in? Memphis that that's kind of where people in that area are drawn to and you can go as a lover of music and either listen or even maybe one day yourself kind of get up on the stage.
1: Yeah I mean it's so interesting because throughout Kansas City I feel like there's different parts like there's in the Crossroads District there's so many different like jazz bars where you can just go there listen to like live performances it's just the most cool environment. Honestly, I absolutely absolutely love it. And there's a lot of like blues music around too. Um, Definitely on downtown like Kansas City, we have hot country nights, which is really amazing. I actually had a friend who just performed performed there. Um, And there's some country bars there, you know, where people can go and perform. I performed there a few years ago. But They're free concerts and, um, anyone can go. Um, so yeah, just different parts throughout Kansas city. Absolutely. There's so many different types of music and artists and, um, a lot of open mics too, which is something I really want to start looking into more probably in the next couple of months, just getting the guitar out again and Mm -hmm. just, yeah, just playing and experiencing that moment.
0: Now you talked about how your music has gone now where have you kind of evolved with that? You said you're kind of talking about you went from the country to the EDM. Is that something that is an evolution of, of where you are or is that an evolution of where you think kind of just maybe music as a whole? Like Because even I think a lot of country nowadays is more almost mainstream where, and even, I don't want rap music isn't the right term, but or urban music at all, that almost falls into a top 40 type of category. Right
1: music is blending like crazy. I think, yeah, again, people are just so inspired by so many different artists and that influence kind of shapes their music and you just get these really interesting, like, like songs. And, um, you know, I knew recently, I was like, if I go back into the studio, I want to make something completely different. I don't want to do anything I've ever done before. I want kind of almost a new chapter, a fresh start, something, um that i think reflects you know kind of more of the music that i listen to now and it's just cuz it kind of random i had a friend message me sent me some tracks and was like hey like i'm looking for a singer songwriter to work on this music and i listened to the tracks and i was like this is exactly the sound that i had imagined and wanted to pursue so it was almost this like you think something you put it out into the universe and it just randomly manifested and turned into such a cool opportunity so um, that was kind of yeah how that experience happened for me, but I'm sure it's yeah so different for others too.
0: talking about maybe we we talked about how social media influences and has become a big thing in terms of getting artists out there. I've got to imagine that the the way people can get and listen to music helps budding artists as well. I'm sure that and it sounds and it's not that long ago that you were putting out music. You said 2015 you put out an album, but nowadays it seems like anybody can put something on on Apple to 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 get things that do avenues like that allow artists that are trying to kind of break through and get heard. Does that give them a better avenue to try to do that? Most
1: definitely. I would say even social platforms like TikTok nowadays, people can go viral literally overnight. Like there's been
0: artists. I have people that I know that are quite addicted to the TikToks.
1: Yeah, it's it definitely it it is an addicting app if you're a skeptic. If you give it a try, it's just it's a really cool platform because you can learn so much too. I love like just I just fall down rabbit holes, but absolutely with music too and artists and just small businesses, it gives them a whole other just way to share what they do with so many people who may not have discovered them otherwise. So yeah, absolutely. YouTube too, I think is a really great way. Um, And there's just, you know, Instagram, Facebook is still, you know, there, Twitter as well. I think just getting it out, you know, as many places as possible, but at least yeah, TikTok, especially to me, comes to mind as a forefront runner for like getting your music to be able to go viral like quickly. And so it's so, there's a lot of potential these days.
0: Now, I know that people never give up on the music. And I know, I know, from listening to you here, Merritt, you haven't done that either. Are you, are you going to be one of these people that if we're watching the, and I know there's several shows out there, like The Voice and American Idol knows, is there a chance we'll see Merritt Whitley from Eastern Illinois <laughs> on there in, in one of these days, or is that, or do you think the music's more something you want to kind of keep to yourself right now?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny in the past I did. I had gotten a call from like the voice to co and audition. I did like a private audition. And I just, I remember realizing like if I were to ever (laughs) make it in music, this was not the Avenue for me. I don't know why. I just felt so many nerves. I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, I think for me also through the years I've realized, you know, at the end of the day, I just love to make music. I just love to write and Obviously, I want to get it out there in front of as many ears and eyes as I possibly can. But even if you know it, it never you know becomes a hit on the radio or anything like that, like I am going to be perfectly just fine and happy. And as long as I never stop creating, and as long as you, you know, just stay true to yourself, um, I think that's just kind of some lessons that I've like learned recently too for myself when it comes to music and just anything. You know, if you enjoy doing something, just make sure you you do it for yourself because I think I had hit a point previously, you know, music is, can be really tough and um, there's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions and they're not afraid to let you know them. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you just can't ever forget why you do something and it should be because you like it.
0: Perfect. Well, it was great catching up with you, Marit. Sounds like things are, are going well. Uh, uh, a place for mom as we're is where Merritt is at now working and going to move to a a new role there is uh, in their creative department. As you can hear from her on our podcast here, a lot of creativity is boiling forth for her. So we wish you a lot of success with that career. And thank you for joining us here on the IU Panthers podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be back. <laughs>